What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 29. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. It does me uh, good to be here, and it does you good for me to be here with you. I think that, yeah, both those are both those are true statements. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Good job. Good Thank job. You. What have you been playing? Uh, just the division, level 27 or 28 now. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm 28 and a half right now. I'm interested to see when I'll finally cross the threshold to 30. As yeah. it's about to get crazy. I'm ready to get it over with. Yeah, absolutely. Are you done? Done? You're like you're just not enjoying it, or no, what's? It's just it's just it's the grind's getting a little old now. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a fine game. I like it. I like playing it, obviously. But yeah. it's uh, I just want to finish the story and just get it over with. And and get then. to that cat lateral damage. Probably not, but yeah, get, oh, get somewhere. Come on, the cat lateral damage. I haven't played it yet either. How about you? Division as well. Yeah, uh, I was off in Vegas, so I played XCOM on the aeroplane, as you do, because it's on the Vita now. Speaking of which. Over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, we had a question submitted from Richard in Australia. Oi. He says, hi, Colin and Greg. I was listening to the podcast last week with all your awesome coverage of the PlayStation VR, and I realized there was one glaring omission. Why was there not a mention of XCOM coming out on Vita? Considering how much Greg liked the game on PS3, I thought this release might even be eligible for a national holiday on Vita Island, or at least a state holiday in Washington, Tacoma Robot. P.S. I love you, Richard from Australia. Richard from Australia, fuck you. Because once again, Colin, Mm. this is Scott Rohde. This is Shuhei Yoshida. This is Big Big Jackie T fucking with us. Mm. Putting out information, not even telling us. There was Mm. no word that Mm. XCOM was coming last week. It was a stealth launch, which boggled my mind. Mm. Why would you stealth launch this game, Colin? I don't know. They don't care. I played it. Frame rate's bad at at times, of course, because it's it's a a, a console port of Vita. Still fun. Still fun. Cool. This XCOM game. So I played that on the plane, got home last night, did the division for a while, ran through with Zyger. Of course, one of our mods, one of our friends, uh, and he we he got to twenty eight and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hit thirty. Then really invest in the dark zone, but more than anything, feel like there's not a gun to my head. I can play other things and screw around. You know, I went to the dark zone once. How'd that go by for myself? You? Yeah, it was fine. Like it was, I liked it. Like yeah. for a little while, I was like, this is creepy. I've never been to this place. I have no HUD, no map. So I don't really know where I'm going and I was engaged with these like enemies and I was firing and killing them and then some guy joined me and like helped me kill them or whatever and then ran away and then I uh, these like this group of four just like assaulted me before I was even trying to get out and just took all my shit and I was like all right well so that's how it goes in the dark zone but I'm like this is kind of like mean spirited like I'm not even like trying to hurt anyone I'm just trying to get some guns for my own single player game. And these guys just like I like turned a corner and they were all just there and they like saw me and like chased after me and I just and I was like. I'm like, I don't, like, what did I even do to you? I just want to get these weapons out of here. I didn't even put my flare up or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, Jeff Kanata, actually, our, like, our friend yeah, on, uh, uh, DLC. Uh, DLC, uh, was tweeting out, and I was like, I found it very mean spirited. Like, yeah. It's, I was like, I understand it's fun, but like, the, I'm cool, like, no. the things that work from it are the stories that I think. There, there's stories in it that make sense and are like I, on the Reddit they had one up the other day right this guy posted that he was in a similar situation he was on his own had a bunch of loot and turned a corner and pulled up his gun because he saw three rogue agents running at him and one had like no health the other was about about to die too and they were all like in bad thing and he put up his gun and he's like you know he put it back to, and maybe they weren't rogue yet I think they were mm-hmm. rogue but he put up his gun and then he's like you know what I'm not going to shoot him or whatever and then uh, they ran up on him and like nothing happened and they shot off his flare and one of the other guys in the group was like, all right, let's get this guy. And the other guy was like, no, 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 no. He could have killed us back there and didn't. Don't do it. And like they held like other waves came and they fought him off like extraction guy go. And like there's like those little that's moments cool. that that's are nice cool. Yeah. yeah, there's little stuff like that. That's actually fun. It's a cool game. Yeah. All right. Division's real cool. Yeah. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this of course is PS I Love You XOXO. It is kind of funny.com's PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. And it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the world. Spoiler alert. You might be listening to this one well before 9 a.m. Tuesday because I got a plane to catch. I'll be on a plane. I'm just going to publish the SoundCloud link sometime damn. after midnight. It'll be up. It'll be there. You might damn. be listening to this right now. You even, damn. Uh, other housekeeping notes for you, ladies and gentlemen. Kind of funny live is officially happening. May 28th and 29th. I got those dates right. Saturday and Sunday. Yep. May 28th, 29th. You can go buy tickets at kindoffunny.com slash tickets. It's a two-day event here in lovely San Francisco presented by Let's Play. If none of that makes any sense to you, go to my Twitter and read all about it. But we're super excited for another Kind of Funny Live. We hope you can come out from all around the globe. Lots. Of, here's what I'll tell you right now, Colin. Tell me about it. Early reports, early pollsters saying a lot of Ireland people coming. A lot of Ireland people. Got, I got Amy Gills. Yep. I got some other guy whose name I can't remember right mm. now. And I got some other leprechaun folk coming over. They like being called leprechaun folk? I think that's racist actually no yeah. it's not a race thing no. it's just their only yeah. export is leprechauns and irish spring i think that's true actually and yeah. baileys and guinness pots of gold and rainbows oh, my lady. it's me Amy i'm irish so, yeah me so too. i can say that jamie kennedy that's my mom not the famous comedian Colin moriarty doesn't get much screen. more irish than that uh and also this is this is a timed one if, if you're listening after thursday just forget about it. But if you aren't, remember that Tim and I are hosting Uncovered Final Fantasy 15 Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. We are revealing the release date of Final Fantasy 15 along with a bunch of other things. You can find all about it at FinalFantasyXV.com slash Uncovered. Colin. Yeah. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. <laughs> time for some yeah, singular little, possessive yeah, news. Little, yeah, little burp there. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I was hoping to be louder. I'm glad you heard it though. Number there are oh there are seven items on the list. A baker's dozen. We're kind of anxious to get through this one. I think. No, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm doing the show. I'm, well, I'm, a I'm rushing through a little bit because I'm very tired. It I didn't is, sleep what time a fucking wink last night, dude. Seven seventeen right yeah. now. Whew, that's a late show. And for I still us. have to eat. Ramon's here. I don't want to like be. That was the thing. You guys were drinking. I was like, I'm gonna do the responsible thing, and I went to bed like midnight and started to doze off, and then woke up just hacking and coughing, had to take a Nyquil and. Just, did you go to bed at midnight? I feel like you were up later than that. Nah, I feel like you're totally lying about that. Actually. You made it up. You don't know. Uh, number one, two new substantial rumors cropped up this week about PlayStation 4.5. The first story comes by way of Eurogamer and the second comes by way of the Wall Street Journal. Here's what they had to say. For people that don't know, by the way, Kotaku broke the original 4.5 story, basically indicating that Sony's working on a new iteration of a PlayStation 4, but it is not necessarily a PS4 Slim, for instance. It is a PS4 that is more powerful. Different innards. So here's uh, what the story said in part. Eurogamer went first, uh, and this was basically uh, by way of Digital Foundry, um, and they wrote a huge thing, but here's what they wrote in part. This is by Richard Ledbetter, which is so fucking English, it's not even funny. Oi, governor! So what do we know about the rumored PlayStation 4.5, he writes. In the wake of last week's post-GDC outing of the hardware by Kotaku, we have independently established that it's real, and that Sony's R&D labs have prototype devices, and we also have more than one source referring to it as PlayStation 4K, the name we'll be using for now. And this is where things become slightly strange, because while more GPU power is being offered to developers, realistically, it is nowhere near enough to provide native 4K gaming at the same quality level at current 1080p titles. The full extent of the spec is a current focus of inquiry for us, but realistically, it is simply impossible to cram the equivalent of today's top-end PC graphics hardware into a console-sized mass-market box. Everything we've heard about, uh, everything we've heard positions PlayStation 4K as a machine capable of playing current and next-generation Ultra HD media, while also offering support for other aspects of the 4K spec such as high dynamic range and a wider color gamut. 
aspects of the 4K spec that could be introduced to gaming. However, in terms of additional computational power, we've got to be realistic about what Sony can deliver with a mid-generation refresh. We can say with some degree of certainty that because PlayStation 4K will almost certainly use an evolved version of the APU technology used in the current console. Once again, we will see semi-custom versions of AMD CPU and GPU technology integrated into a single console-friendly processor. And thanks to the firm's openness with its technology roadmaps, we have a good idea of the base building block Sony has access to in building its next PlayStation. So that's what they have to say. And then they go into a whole thing about what they think it might be, but that's not important because that's all conjecture. conjecture. Then today... Wall Street Journal publishes this. This story is by Takashi, uh, Takashi, Takashi Mochizuki and Sarah E. Needleman. I usually don't struggle with Japanese names like them. This story says Sony plans new PlayStation for graphics heavy games. They say the days of waiting six or more years between video game console releases are coming to an end. Sony Corp is planning to sell a more powerful version of its PlayStation 4 machine to handle higher end game experiences, including virtual reality. People familiar with the matter said, while continuing production of its existing console that has so far sold more than 36 million units worldwide, existing PlayStation 4 owners would need to buy the new model to take full advantage of the enhanced graphics and power, though it is likely that the current model and the coming one would share the same software catalog, one of the people said. The new console would be announced before the planned October release of the PlayStation VR, Sony's new virtual reality headset, the people said. It would be able to handle ultra-high definition resolution graphics. The upgraded console would also provide more power for running PlayStation VR, whose main competitors, Facebook Inc.'s Oculus Rift and HTC Corp.'s Vive, are designed to work with high-end computers. News of an upgraded PlayStation console was earlier reported by website Kotaku. A spokesman at Sony Computer Entertainment, Sony's video game division, declined to comment. And then they say more, kind of giving you some, some history. Henry! Wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, hey, Colin and Greg, listening to your conversation about the issues with launching a PlayStation 4.5, I couldn't help but feel you missed one of the biggest problems with such an announcement. If PSVR launches in October for $400 and, as Shuhei, praise be unto him, put it, is supposed to be seen as itself as a console launch, wouldn't launching another $400 device the following year further drive people away from buying PSVR if they felt the new console will be more valuable to them. Love to hear your thoughts on the topic. We're assuming, by the way, that it's $400, and I bet you it's more than that. Ooh. Uh, now, this I this is a fucking huge mistake. I, I, I don't understand why they're doing this. Luxury items, bruh. They are messing with the momentum of a system that is selling meteorically. They're going to confuse the marketplace. They were all about one skew. Remember, they were all about it, and now suddenly they're not about it? What worked for them isn't going to work for them anymore. What they're finding is that probably publishers are going to them and, and as proxies for their developers and being like, we need more power. Like, we might not need it now, we but this, we need We more. have this great Oculus game that won't run on PlayStation I'm not VR. even sure. Like, VR certainly needs more power, but I wonder if, like, Ubisoft and EA and Activision are going, like, we're going to need more, like, soon. Mm. Because, like, the games, the, your systems are going to hold our games back from PC, from, like, how they can run on PC, and we're going to have problems with that. So I think there's something to that. There's obviously something to, to the, the, the GPU uh, processing of, of PSVR as well because of how the game has to be rendered and stuff. But <laughs> I think they're making a huge mistake. Like I, 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 I just, I hope I'm wrong because yeah. Microsoft's doing the same thing and I don't want either of them to really make a mistake with this. It seems like they're both exploring a 0.5 version of their console. But this is very new for, it is. for consoles, the console space. I don't think it's necessarily bad. The $400 from the last comment, I believe it was Henry, what he's talking about there is what I was saying last week, right? That it, I, I would see that you introduce it and go up. You'd go up from where you are right now at 350 to 400 again. And be like, hey, we're raising the price, but you're getting more and it's going to last you longer and this, that, and the other. Yeah, I feel like... how I mean, how much higher do you think it would go? I don't know, 500? I mean, if, if it's that much more powerful, so PS4 is like not... 
250 or something like that right now. So why would they have, why would they, the thing, the Wall Street Journal piece has an interesting point where they're like, they're going to continue to manufacture the old PS4. Mm-hmm. So either they're going to drop the PS4's price more and then they will have maybe a 399 version of PS4, PS4.5 or PS4K or whatever. I just don't see why they would do this. This doesn't make sense. Like it, it doesn't. PS4, there's still, there's still a lot of power to extract from the PS4. I don't, I don't feel like it's, I don't develop games, but I just don't feel like it's on its last legs. I mean, look at the difference between uh, Resistance Fall of Man and Resistance 3 or Uncharted Drake's Fortune sure. and The Last of Us. Not, Those run not, on identical hardware. Sure, but not great examples. Those are first party. Or those are exclusives to that platform. You're, what you're talking about is Ubisoft being, we can make the next Assassin's Creed look like this, but... We can only do that on PC. Your your consoles are going to look like a PS3 to a PS2. But the thing is, is that they're still going to have to make these games backwards compatible in some way with the PS4. I mean, that's the which Wall is why I don't, this is well. my whole thing. This is my whole thing. And that's a key to my argument is that I don't think this is going to be that big of a deal because of that. I think it's going to be this is the luxury PS4. If you want it to run in 4K, you want it to be whatever. I, again, we're not developers. Whatever. It's better on VR because of it this way. Your load times are less because of it this way. That's what it's going to be. It's. I think you can still get the experiences, but it will be not as great. But I don't think the people who are super into VR are into this enough or into PlayStation enough. Like I'm, I'm knowing nothing about it. If it, the only way they could lose me on me not buying this on day one and not first off, if the price is too much. But secondly, if they came out and it was like, all it does is 4K, I'm like, all right, fuck off. I don't care. No, but if it's, it's like, more than that. if it runs games better, if it cuts down load times, if this is going to enhance my, you know, the way it downloads off the internet, I'm like, this is I'm so in. complicated though. Like why, like why would they, they're going to have to like spec out these games for two consoles now just to launch them on PS4. Like this is going to cause a litany of bugs and problems and it's going to, games are going to get caught in cert and like all these things. Like I don't, well, there's somebody wrote in that we didn't use their question, and he they were saying the basis of like if it was if like last week we were talking about this and t- saying to the fact that if it was going to be like you had the different settings you have to go in and manage them, da da da. They were they ran through a whole thing that I couldn't corroborate, obviously. That they were saying the system would tell on its own; it wouldn't be a big deal. What they said that was scaring me is that maybe we'd get into the thing where the game runs natively at 30, but this the 4K or 4.5 is up upping it to 60, which always looks weird. Yeah, but to me, it's not. That's that's a rele- that's almost relevant to me. If the systems know, of course the systems are going to know what, game, what what they should do with the game. It's the developers that have to make these games twice. But I mean, they, they already have to do make that. them twice, but they have to. Yeah, but they do it for Xbox One or they do it for PC. We always read things, especially on PC, about like, wow, this AMD processor is like fucking this game up. Like when you're making it, like this PS4 is identical to every PS4. Sure, every one of them. But you see, even then, you're getting too into the weeds with it. This PS4 is identical to every one of them, and this other PS4 is identical to those things. And there's two things to worry about. It isn't like. Arkham Origins where it's like I don't know how you fucking built your PC this is all fucked up this AMD card doesn't work but this one does did you update this driver you know what I mean like it's two units that you have to worry about that get firmware from Sony that do this to do that well sure as shit this thing's real so like the the now the question is are they going to release it are people hearing things like are, are, are they kind of because the GDC it seemed like they were doing like an outreach to the developers are they like just seeing is anyone interested in this what do they think like solicit advice it's still an R&D like maybe they don't release it it sounds like they're going to announce it, though. Wall Street Journal says they're going to announce it before VR even comes out, which is, my assumption is this might be the big June announcement now E3? at E3 or maybe Gamescom slash Paris Games Week. I don't know. But like mm, E3. The, so this brings up multiple questions. Yeah. Well, well, number one. Was PSVR delayed for this? Mm. Now, this is a, now I don't think it was. I think that they have to make their stock. They also have to make PlayStation moves and cameras. Um, and obviously they want to have a good stop. But was it also to be like, let's give this thing time. Maybe we need to make these. Maybe we're releasing them at the same time. 
or maybe like we're trying to get them closer to each other. So that's like question number one. I'm curious about the second question is. Do they do they have any plans on releasing it at a certain time? They might have plans on releasing it. But if I were them not knowing, you know, their marketing plan and stuff like that, I'd be like, until we see any sort of substantial drop off in PS4, we're not even fucking announcing this thing. Like we can, can we can build it and tweak it and we can even manufacture them. But we are not and we can have a warehouse is full of them, but we are not even fucking messing around with this shit until um, time comes that we feel like the, the sales have dropped some X percent of PS4 and we and we can like drive new sales with the new PS4 PS4.5 or whatever. But that that kind of thing. Remember, I, a lot of people don't remember this. I'm sure you do. When PS3 Slim was leaked. Yeah. Before it was announced. And I remember when there was these videos of it in a single, it was like in Singapore. Show the ports. Yeah. Like, Showing the ports. And it was like, everyone's like, this thing's fake. And I'm like, and then like months later, was like that was a straight up PlayStation three slim, like straight up just in that fucking market out of a box. Someone just walked out of a factory with it. Yeah. And everyone was like, it was fake. And then like months later, like, no, it's, that's real. Like that's that thing was just deal. floating around. In them. So they always risk that if they manufacture them early and stuff like that. So they, I'm, they have to be very careful, but I just feel like this is a mistake. Like I, I and I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see the console space. Isn't going to adapt. Like the PC space does to this. I don't think immediately. And people are going to feel ripped off. The people who are getting ripped off the most are the people who bought PS4 and made it what it is. And now they're going to be like, well, to get the real fucking experience, you got to buy a new one. And then people that wait, I then bought it day one and I don't feel that way. Well, I don't either because we have the money to buy one. But if you're, if like you are like, you know, you only buy a few games a year, you have to really save and scrap for your console and you're the one who made it popular. And then the people that waited on the sidelines are the ones that are going to reap the benefits. You know, like here's here's the question for you. And this is, this is something I oppose to you or propose to you as well. Viewer, listener, PS, I love you. XO. What is the breakdown? right now of the demographic we've aged up with games and when we talk about buying a unit doing this we think back to when we were kids and we saved up and we traded in and we made this happen psx is thousands of people who fly across the country to come celebrate playstation like they have some income they have some disposable income to an extent we're talking about thousands of people they've sold 38 million or whatever ps4s like almost 40 million of them sure that's a but I'm still saying I'm not I'm I'm just saying that I don't think it's that the thousands of people that came to San Francisco this year are the only thousand that feel that way. No, sure, I think there's plenty of adults who have disposable income and certainly and not. again like I was I'm at the you know the point I made last last time right is like I have no problem every two years buying a new one of these phones that's subsidized though you don't actually buy it and, and I, but I mean I still pay three hundred four hundred dollars or whatever it is for it sure but it's also like a utility. The PS4, I'm not arguing with you in the sense that it wouldn't be cool. I'm going to get one if, in, in a greedy, selfish way. I'd be like, do it every two years. I don't care. Yeah. Like we're adults with like income and we spend our money on games and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, but I just wonder if they're going to kill the momentum of the PlayStation 4 at a very inopportune time. And will that be looked at? See, when they do this, there's only three ways it can go. Either they destroy the momentum of the PS4, nothing happens, or it helps PlayStation. But I don't understand how it could sell any better. So it just seems like the other two are just... Like, are you marketing this towards people that don't own a PS4 yet? Okay, smart. But what about the people that do own a PS4? And then, like, what happens in two years from now when people are getting their games and they're like, this is bullshit. Like, I bought this thing. It still works. But, like, these guys that came in late are getting Assassin's Creed whatever at a higher resolution and at a better frame rate and and all this kind of stuff. And, like, but I, like, spent X amount of money on PlayStation games before they were even in the family or whatever. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of optical problems with this. And, and... I would understand why people would be mad about that. I, I I would too. Don't get me wrong, but I think it is the fact that it's a different time period. It's a different cycle now. It isn't the same thing. It is like the phones now. It can be at least. I mean, obviously we have to go through and these learning curves, these 
changes. But I think there, I don't think there's more people out there who would be like, oh, okay, cool. It does something better. It does this, whatever. I'm on board. Then you think. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. This is gonna and be, I still see a delicate the fact, dance. Think about it this way: what maybe they're just, and I know they're seeing numbers in terms of yeah, it's still con- selling well, still moving all these units, right? But eventually, what is the saturation point? And once you have the fucking unit, you're not buying another one unless it breaks. But they're pretty reliable. Yeah, they are. Here's the million dollar question, though. Comes from Glorious G over at Kind of Funny. Dot com slash PSQ. Hey guys, it's your boy Glorious G here with a question. I, in all my shame, still do not have a PS4 yet. But with rumors concerning a console upgrade being talked about by sources, does that mean I should pony up and buy a PS4 or wait for the newer PS4.5 model to come out, if it ever does? Thanks. Power from the 417. PS Colin was right about the PSVR price point. Hashtag nailed it. Yeah, I, I feel like this is this is a, this is the conundrum. This is why they have to announce soon. Yeah, you gotta. I, 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 Glorious G, you gotta wait. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't unless you're like desperate to play Uncharted or something like that, which is reasonable. Sure. I just feel like there's no reason to buy now. And, and, and this is the price drop in this or the new one's just awesome. They couldn't keep the, like they they unless the leaks were intentional, which I don't think so. Like the could to just see what people think, which would be stupid from a marketing point of view because it stymies the, the sales of PS4s, as you can see. Um, uh, they 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 weren't the ship wasn't run tightly enough. Like they they have to be better. If they want to, like, I think it's the fact that it's getting leaked from developers and stuff talking about it means it's closer. You know what I mean? Oh, it's definitely close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're going to announce it, I mean, before the October launch, either they're going to do their own thing in Japan, which is possible, but they did release or announce PS4 in the States, which I think is uh, smarter. Uh, number two, Sony has officially shuttered first party studio evolution. The developer best known for the MotorStorm series, as well as the PS4 racer drive club. Sony released the following statement about the closure quote. I'm going to fix this. Fix it, brother. Regular reviews take place throughout SCE Worldwide Studios, ensuring that the resources that we have in such a competitive landscape can create and produce high quality, innovative and commercially viable products. As part of this process, we have reviewed and assessed all current projects and plans for the short and medium term and have decided to make some changes to the European studio structure. It has been, it has been decided that Evolution Studio will close. Where possible, we will try to reallocate people onto other projects. If appropriate opportunities are not possible within the company, we will assist staff in any way we can, including speaking with local employers and with other development companies. It is regrettable that this this decision will lead to compulsory redundancies. We accept that this decision will mean that we risk losing high caliber staff, but by focusing on other studios that that already have exciting new projects in development, we believe we will be stronger positioned going forward and able to offer the best possible content of the highest quality for our consumers, end quote. Evolution was founded in 1999 and purchased by Sony in 2007, following the release of the original MotorStorm. The studio released 10 games between 1999 and 2014, five in the World Rally Championship franchise, four in the MotorStorm franchise, and finally Drive Club, which was obviously very tortured. And, and that's why this is a sad hashtag Greg was right, because I'd been saying forever that that was the end for them. I thought and then that, the sales came out. I thought that you were right. The game sold several million copies. Now, yeah. I thought that you were right about this, yeah. but then I thought that they escaped. Yeah. Like when, I, I, when it sold real well, that was the big concern. I was like, yeah. fuck, did I get that wrong? But even e- the game was supposed to be, so the game was supposed to be out in 2013 uh, at launch. The game didn't come out for a year. And then the game was broken yeah, yeah. for months, like totally fucked up. So a, if I was looking at that, I'd be like, there's no matter what's going on. There's some really talented people at evolution and have been for a long time, but something's fucked up there. Yeah. Like they fucked something up. And I'd, I've heard rumblings about what happened with uh, with motors or with uh, drive club, but I'm not going to, you know, that stuff was told to me um, and I'm not I don't I can't corroborate that. So I'm not going to way I understood that. it is that when they started working on it, they worked on it for six months thinking it was a pedal car game. Oh, OK. And then like we're supposed to have engines. Fuck. So to me, it's like the problems that I've heard about are significant 
and and like things that they really had to like fix. Yeah, yeah. And um, so to me, it's that to to the studio. I think was about fifty, sixty people, according to Wikipedia. Keeping that studio open, keeping the lights on, employing everyone gainfully, and then to fix the game. I mean, that cost them probably a, a lot of money, like sure. millions and millions and millions of dollars. And even if Drive Club sold three million copies, let's say, I don't know that it was profitable enough or profitable at all, but even profitable enough for them to be like, we'll do it again. But I felt like Drive Club was well received. Like it was such a good game to a lot of people that they let it go, that they were like, fine. Like it was, you had Gran Turismo 6 um, in, uh, what, what was it, like December of 2013 on PS3. So it was like, you had this like this sim racer and all this kind of stuff, but I feel like somebody got, was scratching the itch. Yeah. So, but I feel like they got away from their heritage. They also made themselves redundant. Polyphony is a better studio and, yeah, and that's sim racing. Yeah. And so this is a weird one. The thing that's sad to me is that like the, the, the studio structure is collapsing like big, big and zipper and Liverpool and now evolution. And they've really only added Northwest studios and we don't even know what the fuck they're doing. So like they're not replacing Question, their as, talented. I'm sorry, as a PlayStation noob, do you yeah. count the mobile game studios? We'll talk about party? that in a minute, but right, I, they are first party too. But I don't really count. Thank them. you. Okay. Um, so they just don't <clears> seem <throat> to be replacing talent, and it's clear that Sony's intention now is to use first party as a conduit to secure their first party games from their talented developers, but also use that as second party and like secure IP and get exclusives. And it seems like that's a more financially reasonable thing for them to do, and they're doing that a lot on PS4, like a lot. So, Apology writes in. To kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, just like you can with your questions. It says, hi guys, do you think the rise of indie games is in some way responsible for the contradiction, or I'm sorry, contraction of first party studios? I wonder if paying a studio for two to five years uh, to make a big exclusive game only to result in tepid sales, even if it was a decent game, no longer makes financial sense given how saturated the market is with other games to play and however some people are to paying full price for games. Two trends I feel are due in part to the increasing number of quality indie titles available on consoles. If so, might this be why some folks like Sony Santa Monica, although they are likely to be working on big games too, seem to be placing their eggs in smaller and smaller baskets? Yeah, I mean, Sony Santa Monica is an interesting... We, we actually have an interview with Shannon Sudstill later topic on. Topic of the week. Or no, topic of the show. Um, but And she's she's the, the woman that runs Sony Santa Monica. But the, like, so, so we don't know the story. Sony Santa Monica had a game canceled. Like, we, everyone knows that. Yeah. And it was canceled well into development, and it was supposed to be a space-based game. It was written by the writer, apparently, of Battlestar Galactica, but we've only heard from our sources over the years, actually, very anecdotal things about it. We don't really know. Um, so they were supposed to be ready to go. They're not. The game got pulled, and they're starting again. They're hiring. They're on a huge hiring spree, as Shannon talks about. Um, but they are also doing a lot of X-Dev stuff, and that's where, like, Sound Shapes comes from, and everybody's gone to the Rapture, and Fat Princess, uh, and even, like, the Order 1886 and stuff they helped with. So... There's no doubt that it's more financially reasonable for them to partner with a Quantic Dream, for instance, and be like, well, we don't own you and like we're going to pay for this game and we own the IP and then you just do whatever you do. Yeah. And then we don't have to worry about you. Yeah. And then you go into pre-pro or come up with some new concepts and then we can figure that out as we go. I just someone brought up a really interesting point to me on Twitter. I, I wish I remember who did it that I didn't think of where I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Like if they should slowly just get rid of all these studios, I guess. You know, except for like the ones that really are like very dynamic. So like Naughty, Naughty Dog, Dog, Sucker, Sucker Punch. Punch, exactly. But they they made the point where it's like this seems smart now, but like Sony's letting talent drain from them. And, and, they, sure. and, and they you can't unring the bell like these guys are now going to Evolution Studio, which is very talented, even though they fucked up Drive Club for a little while. There's a lot of talented people over there. Yeah. They didn't do it on purpose. You know, like 
they are going to bleed into these other studios. And then you have to hope that you have the money in the port in, in, in your wallet to go and buy these studios if you need them later. Like, in I mean, other words, it's, thing- it's, it's, it's securing the future. Yep. Sure. It's it's a risk reward setup. Whereas right now, I understand apologies point. Right. And what you're saying, even still. It doesn't. It isn't the same where it was with PS2, PS3. You can have fewer and fewer first parties because there are more and more indies making something interesting and putting out. It's what I always talk about with the spectrum. And you know, triple A's over here, and you got your indies over here, and the indies are coming out every week, so you can have a triple A game every nine months, every eighteen months, and it's okay. It's not a big deal. There's something to play, and you're seeing PlayStation succeed with their unit, sell their unit based on the fact that they don't have a million exclusives, but then they don't need them apparently. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say was and you're right on is that they just don't they're looking at the numbers and they're like, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. it doesn't the, it, matter. In PS3 in the PS2 era they had first parties and then they were getting a, a shit ton of exclusives. Yeah. And second party games, but just like a lot of people just like weren't even second party that were just putting their games on PS2 because PS2 was so common. Um, yeah, and dominant. And then PS3, they were doing both. And that was a huge mistake, I think. And that probably cost them a lot of money where they were really investing a lot in second party games. But they also had their first party students and were buying first party students. They bought Sucker Punch. They bought Evolution. Um, and then this time around, like they're they, they, like Killzone, Knack, The Order. Like there's not that many big first person or first party AAA games. And they're not. Some of them aren't even very good. Like none of them are awesome. That's, Infamous that's is probably the biggest thing. Infamous is probably the best one. And it's like it wasn't even the best Infamous. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what that that's the yoke hanging on it of now on chart it's going to change that i'm sure but like it just doesn't seem to matter so they're looking at me like well why do this why yeah. keep this around why because yeah and that's the thing with this even right yep we're going to hemorrhage out these people but when we need an awesome racing game those guys are probably going to go start an indie studio and make an awesome racing game that'll come to our platforms unless there's a chip on their shoulder and they're out to get us and then they go to Xbox yeah and i don't think that that's the case i think that they know that you know their card was pulled but and that's sad. So, like, first of all, our very best goes out to Evolution. Of course, yeah, we should uh, start to everyone. Yeah, Great I mean, folks, they've always been good to us. Yeah, they have been, and they, and they are very friendly. But yeah, you were right. You did call it, but I just thought they got through. In fact, I thought they were going to work on Drive Club too. So yeah, um, or maybe another Motorstorm. So. Here's a question about that from Luke over at kindoffunny.com/psq, where you should post your questions. He says, "Hey guys, with the close of Evolution Studios, do you think we will ever see another Motorstorm game of any?" consequence i don't care about drive club but motorstorm was a very unique ip thanks luke it was PS, love the show it was so unique that they bought they bought the fucking studio after the original motorstorm right. so they clearly saw something in them now will you see another one maybe i probably not the thing about so the thing about motorstorm or the thing about evolution is that in a, in some way they were captured by the same unfortunate shit that captured zipper which was that motorstorm apocalypse was fucked by the earthquake in Japan. It was such a good game. It was my favorite Motorstorm. Yeah, and it was like, here and we they go, just, here we go. And yeah, then the, the earthquake happened. Which saw, And that's not their fault. And then they no, were put on Motorstorm. No, we're not blaming you. No, no, I mean, but like, <laughs> the t- like, and then Motorstorm RC yeah. is like a Vita game. And, like, and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't. No. And then they put out Drive Club, and that was their fault. So it's, um, so it's not quite the Zipper situation, where Zipper was like, well, they were like, we had SOCOM, and then the PSN went down. Now, SOCOM 4 was not the game anyone wanted, apparently, from SOCOM. I'm not a SOCOM fan. And then they made Unit 13, so... They were stranded on a Vita and then they were just closed down. It just seems like it's a little unfair, but you know, the financials are the financials and they're, you know, Sony's not in this to like be nice. Number three, Sony may consider bringing PlayStation VR to PC in the future. According to a report in Japanese newspaper, Nikkei as translated by Reddit user MS defense force, Sony computer entertainment executive vice president Masayasu Udo or Ido noted that the article uh, note noted that the article says in part quote, but PlayStation VR is not just a PlayStation for peripheral. 
While Ito warned that nothing will happen right away, he revealed that Sony was considering plans to enable the use of PlayStation VR through connection with PCs in the future. Since PlayStation 4 shares a lot of its internals with PCs, the possibility is there. At the moment, we are focused on games and we are not ready to make any announcements at this stage, but I'd say there will be an expansion into various fields. End quote. So this is a mixture of quotes translated by MS Defense Force and then the quote from Ito himself. Uh, it's worth noting that MS Defense Force updated that post saying that he was disturbed that people used his late night drunk translation as news, but it, it seems like it's... When you're the, somewhat there. You're the only one talking. That's what you got to do. Number four, Sony's PlayStation Arm has opened a new first party studio, though this one won't be working on console games or video games. Instead, the Japanese studio will be focusing on the Japanese centric mobile market. The studio is called Forwardworks at Corporation, with Sony stating that, quote, the company will aim to deliver users with opportunities to casually enjoy full fledged game titles in the new field of the smart device market. End quote. Their games will be on iOS and Android. Hooray! And they'll be using, like, PlayStation IP. And they'll be ported over to the Vita nine months later. Taco Master 2. Number five. Number five. New details about Final Fantasy 15 have emerged in the Japanese magazine Famitsu as provided by Silicon Era. The key new pieces of information is that the... Are that... I'm going to correct that. Actually, well, this is all fucked up. The game should take between 40 and 50 hours to complete. Square Enix is aiming for a solid 30 frames per second. And the game's resolution will be revealed at the March 31st event, at which time a new playable demo will also be shown off. And you will be hosting this. People will be uncovered. Final Fantasy 15 Wednesday at 7 p.m. Go to Final Fantasy slash uncovered to watch it live. It'll be on Twitch. It'll be on YouTube. We'll be hosting, of course, on Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. You can come talk to Joey Noel. I assume she'll be there. Probably Amy Gills. Amy Gills, I don't think we'll be there. You don't think so? I don't think so. Amy Gills sets alarms, man, to get up for stuff. Mm. She'll be awake. Number six. According to Tech Radar, Rockstar had intentions of making Grand Theft Auto game a Grand Theft Auto game based in Tokyo during the PlayStation 2 era. Here's what the story says, and there's more to this too. Oh, uh, this story comes from Tech Radar's Hugh Langley. He writes, Rockstar had plans to make Grand Theft Auto Tokyo and even carried out a reference trip for the game, Tech Radar has learned. Rockstar visited the Japanese capital several years ago to assess its potential for a full GTA game, but ultimately pulled the plug on the idea, according to a source close to the company. Before working on a new game, Rockstar carries out reference trips to take pictures, meet locals, and generally get a feel for the area. Our source said that Rockstar was serious about the idea of making a Tokyo version around the time of GTA 3 and Vice City. However, the road system was seen to be problematic and became one reason the idea was canned. In December 2003, Take-Two Interactive actually filed trademarks for GTA Tokyo, GTA Bogota, as well as the particularly mysterious Grand Theft Auto Sin City. Our source added that as time has gone on, Rockstar has realized the difficulty in moving Grand Theft Auto outside of the USA, where it has firmly embedded itself. There are a number of series staples from brands to cars that Rockstar would likely have to change if a future GTA was set somewhere else. The source also revealed that preliminary work has begun on Grand Theft Auto 6, but said a location has not yet been settled on. It's not unusual that Rockstar would begin laying the early foundations for its next Grand Theft Auto so soon. It's been more than two years since the initial release of GTA 5. Number one, I would love a Grand Theft Auto Tokyo. Number two, I already kind of have it in the Yakuza games. Which sure. is, and I'm in, the, in, the, in Yakuza, like I was talking about earlier on uh, Conor Greg Live, right? Uh, not driving, you're, you know what I mean. There's in that when they, when they said the the roads, you're like, oh yeah, I guess that would be a little cumbersome because that's Japan doesn't have the giant open sprawling roads here. Driving this, do that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I would still love to see what they'd have to do with it. But you know who wouldn't love to see that? Who X Reverse Flash X mm. wrote in to kindoffunny.com/psq mm. just like you should. He says, "Hi, Greg and Colin. Hi." I would like to ask a question that I feel would make an interesting topic for the show. It's multi-part, so stick with me. I cut out the second part. With recent rumors circulating around the web about Red Dead Redemption 2 being in development, do you guys feel it may be time for Rockstar to take a break and step away from Grand Theft Auto, similar to how Ubisoft is taking a break from Assassin's Creed? Yes? 
GTA 5 sold millions, but for me personally, I felt like it didn't really do anything new or exciting that I haven't seen in other open world games or GTA games before. Rockstar has plenty of other games to make sequels to that I would love to see. Bully, Red Dead, and Manhunt to name a few. Do you think Rockstar should step away from GTA for a while and make sequels to other IP? Huge fan. Watch the show every week. Really enjoy and appreciate all the work you guys do week in and week out. X Reverse Flash X. Okay, so I want to be I understand what he's saying. GTA 5 didn't sell millions of copies. GTA 5 made $800 million in one day. Yes, they're going to make another Grand Theft Auto game. I think it's sold something like 40 or 50 million copies there. They'd be stupid not to make another Grand Theft Auto game. Here's what I want to say about Rockstar. And it's funny because we talk about it all the time with GTA 3 Vice City San Andreas coming out so quickly, right? They really aren't. I'm sorry, 60 million copies as of February. Sorry. They really aren't big on milking their franchises to death. Into a way where Not you anymore. Get, where you and that's well, that's what I just said when I tapped your hand. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I knew you weren't listening, so I tapped your hand. I was trying to find the. I know. The sales. I know. I know. I apologize. No, it's okay. That's rude. They really aren't big, and they get what they have. And I think that I mean GTA Five for me, I, I enjoyed. I did. What, did it knock my hair back and make? No, no. I mean, it was GTA. It was what I expected. It was next gen GTA. It was switching around was all right. I would have rather seen them refine uh, uh, San Andreas's RPG stuff. Not the lifting weight, getting fat thing, but like fuck around a little bit more where I can make a character more of my own. You know what I mean? But all that aside, I enjoyed it. And I feel like when you start talking about, well, they're going to, oh, they're already talking about GTA 6. This is happening. There's a rumor of this. Da, 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 da. It's not the GTA 6 is going to be out next year. It's that they're, if they don't have a location for GTA 6 yet, yeah, they're probably just getting it's the gonna be at the, it'll be at the end of the life cycle of PlayStation 4, Xbox One. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be something where all of a sudden here it is. You're going to get Red Dead 2 before you ever even fucking get a whiff of GTA Yeah, remember 6. that Red Dead is is an under development in their San Diego studio. Rockstar has lots of different, yeah. uh, you know, groups. Rockstar North and Leeds and all this kind of stuff. So San Diego is the one that's working, as far as we know, on Red Dead. They, they work on Red Dead Redemption. So... I feel like the opposite. I feel like, to your point, they show restraint. They show yeah. incredible restraint. They already could have put out another Grand Theft Auto game. They could have farmed it. Like I've said before, they could have farmed this shit out to five studios. Here's the engine. Like, make a world go. And each game would probably sell 10, 12, yeah. 14, 15, 20 yeah. million copies. And they'd make fucking massive amount of money. But they don't do that. They don't want to dilute the brand. Because they saw what happened with four and then with five. 60 million copies. If you can- 60 million copies if you can make your game an event if you and that's what i'm saying with gta 5 and they didn't do it i hope they do with gta 6 where it's just the fucking trailer is a black screen and the logo slowly fades up and you hear stuff happening you could do that you could put that on tv and that's all people need to know there's a new gta coming to the console or pc you own and people would be in line if assuming everyone paid 60 dollars for their game that's 3.6 billion dollars that they grossed now obviously they're gonna split that with everyone obviously. but like that's still probably a couple billion dollars that they made. They did well for and, themselves. And th- so let's assume the game cost, to, to market it and produce it, cost $350 million, which is a fucking ridiculous amount of money for a game. But they took forever with it. They 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 have hundreds of people working on it. A lot of their studios, they market the shit out of it. They market it for years. So let, let's assume that exorbitant number is high. They made like over a billion dollars in profit. Here's they the, made all their money back three times over almost in the first day. They're going to make another Grand Theft Auto. Game. Here's the thing to reverse Flash's point, though. We're getting hung up on the should they, not the will they. Or, should, or I'm sorry, we're saying will they, not the should they. Should they take a break? You didn't like GTA 5 that much. No. 
Should they take a break? You think? No. And re- okay, because it, this I'm, isn't I, an Assassin's Creed situation. No, no, you've been no. Saying it forever. just wasn't Stop. for me. I remember I bought it to have it when I got back from Tokyo in 2013. I remember I had to bring it home, and uh, I was super excited about it. And I was like, it's 10 hours. I'm like, I just don't want to play. But like, I am in the I'm in the minority on this. People, millions of people play this game still. It's not like a game that we were talking about. Drive Club maybe selling three million units. Like this game sold 11 and a half million in a day. 60 million units. Is, that's almost twice as many as PS4s are out there now. It's on other consoles, but of course. It's just, you can't fuck with that. With the exception of, like, that's in Minecraft territory. That's in Tetris territory. So, will they? Yes. Should they? Yeah. The game's I totally think they huge. should. I think they're doing fine. I, I like this taking time off, taking the feedback, coming back. Now, of course, what you always talk about with GTA Five is that it was a game made in a vacuum, right? Like, came back and it didn't look amazing to you. Not in my opinion. A lot of people got on me about that. I was like, this isn't that pretty of a game. Like, yeah. I, remember, I remember seeing it going to a preview event I'm like everyone's like look how be-. I'm like it's it looks fine I'm like there are way prettier game, open world games in this yeah game. if um, you want to know the real terrifying fact of what GTA 6 will be it'll be online it'll be like MMO it might. it'll be it, it'll be what I'm saying where I want what are you looking at Ramon get out of here this clown over here uh, it'll be that it'll be online and it'll be what I'm talking that I want it'll be refined San Andreas okay Make your character, build your character, earn better gear, do all those different things. You're going out into the world. You're completing story missions. That's for your character, but you're, you know, voiceless character probably, or unless you're choosing options, which would be cool too. But it'll be about getting the best gear, changing the way you look, changing the way you act, maybe even picking different paths and going out this yeah. way. But it'll also be that. All right, cool. Go out with your squad now. There's the people in the world. Go well, it's clear stuff. what the bread and butter is of GTA Five, and it is not the single player campaign. Yeah, online continues and to so, go, and people continue to play. And if they're smart, they'll keep that component there. But I do think that. You're right. I don't think GTA 6 is going to be what you think it's going to be. You know, it or maybe it's exactly tr- what you think it's going to be. We'll see. Number seven. Wrap up. Battleborn's open beta begins on PlayStation 4 on April 8th. Horror game Lithium Inmate 39 comes to PS4 at some point in the future. Action game Hyper Light Drifter finally has a release date on the PlayStation 4. It will launch on March 31st. Japanese crime game Yakuza 0 is coming to PlayStation 4 in the West in early 2017. Its PS3 iteration will not launch in the West. Yeah. And finally, Ratchet & Clank on PS4 has gone gold and is still Ooh. set to launch on April 12th on PS4. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. And that's it for the news. We have one transitional topic. This from this is from Keyshawn underscore S over on kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. Hey, Colin and Greg. I've been listening to you guys for the better part of my life, and as I journeyed forward with my education and eventual career, I wanted to let you know that you've helped me through some very difficult times. Last year, just before I was getting ready to leave to go to university, my dog Remy fell ill. It was, it was a hard few weeks, and in the days before I was supposed to leave, his condition only got worse. As I cradled him in my arms, in the final moments, he pointed his paws to the sky and smiled. Then he looked up at me and said, If I wanted to know what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, sometimes PSP software uh, by the kind of funny co-founders. Almost had it all the way until he pointed his paws to the sky and smiled. There are a lot of games this week. Let's get it going. Adam's Venture Origins comes to PS4 Digital. This is out on the first. So this tell is me about it. A Friday release. Embark on a bold adventure in Adam's Venture Origins, set in the Roaring Twenties. You'll explore ancient ruins and recover mysterious artifacts together with your trusted accomplice, Evelyn. You will have to outsmart the evil Clairvaux Company. All right. All right. I'm excited about this one. Arcade Archives Life Force. I'm a huge Life Force fan. Life Force is a shooter originally released in 1986. Players challenge, and this is coming to PS4 digitally, by the way. Thank you. Players challenge the aggressions from the Bacterian special force known as Salamander. The game includes Salamander, which is the Japanese version of the game, also 
called Salamander in Europe. And Life Force, which is the rearranged version released in 1987. Very cool. Very cool. Chronicles of Teddy Harmony of Exodus comes to PS4 digital. It says Chronicles of Teddy Harmony of Exodus fuses together action adventure and RPG elements with lavish visuals to create a nostalgic world unlike anything you've seen before. Navigate your way through hordes of nefarious monsters and massive boss battles in retro pixelated 2D glory. Solve puzzles, converse with locals, and gain skills to restore hope to the once peaceful Exodus. Phoenix Fern, or Furia, rather, is supposed to come out this week, but it's crossed out now, so I guess it's not. Damn. Griffin Knight Epic uh, comes to PS4 Digital. They're just fucking randomly generating titles. Griffin Knight Epic is a 2D medieval shoot 'em up that mixes elements from classical shooters, including exploration and duel like boss battles. It tells the story of Sir Oliver and Aquila, an accomplished knight and his loyal Griffin, that are forced back to adventure once again. Okay. Knight Solitaire comes to Vita Digital. Says the new Knight Solitaire become the champion of a royal tournament. Twelve luxurious locations and entertaining gameplay. Make chains of cards, use bonuses, and get real royal rewards. You know I want to hear all about this in trophy time. Malia comes to PS Vita Digital. Hidden from the world, the card and strategy game Malia off- delivers fun for centuries to those who know it. <laughs> Is that the end? No, I wish oh, it was. I was for say- the first time developed for portable consoles with different options to keep you amused. That's still terrible. That's still awful. MLB the six uh, the show sixteen comes to PS4 and PS3 digital and retail no Vita version this year. <gasps> MLB the show sixteen is a more immersive and exciting baseball experience than ever before. MLB the show sixteen delivers sports fans the most immersive and authentic baseball game on consoles. Who proofed this? This year the show offers even more gameplay improvements, new game modes, and a greater ability to personalize your baseball experience. They use. MLB The Show 16 is a more immersive and exciting baseball experience. The next sentence. MLB The six, Show 16 delivers sports fans the most immersive and authentic. Ba- it's they're, like the same sentence. They're driving the points home. Knights of Azure comes to PS4 digital and retail. I have a copy of this game, but I have not played it yet. Save the world or the life of one girl. The world was once ruled by the Night Lord. In that world, the, the Night saint, Lord. destined to become a sacrifice to the Night Lord and a holy knight with incredible power. The meeting of the girls changed the fate of the world. Got some points. Are you fucking kidding me. Good points then. No Time to Explain comes to PS4 Digital. No Time to Explain is a game about shooting the ground, putting on weight, and setting your body on fire. Blast yourself through time and alternate realities to rescue your future self from a giant crab sent by your evil time twin from another dimension. All right. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, all right. Organic Panic comes to PS4 Digital. Organic Panic is a super, super kooky platform with totally destructible environments and dynamic fluids. Smash through earth, create and turn into water, control gravity, and set it all on fire as you battle and puzzle your way through more than 200 levels. I thought it meant like semen. That is dynamic fluid. Yeah. Peacefall comes to PS4 digital. This is out the 31st. So this is a Thursday release. The uh, It looks like Tetris. It says the floating islands of Peacefall were once the site of ancient spiritual monuments dedicated to tranquility. Since then, the islands have fallen out of balance and you must rebuild the land piece by piece to restore the monuments. Peacefall is a geometric puzzle game set in an abstract floating world. Are you ready to accept the challenge and restore harmony to the islands? I am. RBI Baseball 16 comes to PS4 Digital. Fuck you, show. Make, <laughs> Here we go. We'll the, go head to head. Make the play with your favorite. Yeah, what are they thinking? Make the play with your favorite <laughs> Major League Baseball team and win the World Series. RBI 16 features enhanced lighting and graphics, revamped defensive AI, an improved batting system, and the ability to sim through games in season mode. Resident Evil 6 comes to PS4 Digital and Retail. Yod. Blending action and survival horror. <laughs> At least you admit it. Resident Evil 6 is a dramatic horror experience that cannot be forgotten. Now in high definition, it was already in high definition, the game offers multiple characters, including fan favorites and new faces, along with solo and co-op modes and new challenges for players. Are they suggesting that on PS3 the game was not in high def? It was not. Sid Meier's Civilization Revolution 2 Plus comes to PS Vita Digital. Hey, it finally is here. 2K is just knocking them out. Lead a civilization from the dawn of man to the modern age and go head-to-head with history's most intrepid leaders as you wage war, conduct diplomacy, discover new technologies, and build the most powerful empire the world has ever known in a race for ultimate supremacy. You excited for that? Yes. You're a big Civ fan. 
Uh, Tachyon Project comes to Vita Digital. I think this is already on PS4, but I could be making that up. Tachyon no, Project right. I remember is an thing. action-packed twin-stick shooter with lots of weapons, enemies, and some innovative stealth gameplay mechanics. In the game, you take control of Ada, or Ada, I think it's Ada, a software program that has to hack into the most secure servers on Earth to find out about her creators. Well, creators Trillion God of Destruction comes to Vita Digital and Retail. And this groundbreaking strategy RPG, I doubt that. Fight alongside six overlord candidates to keep the underworld from being destroyed. Through rigorous training, you can turn the tide of battle and stop Trillion from consuming the underworld. Okay. And finally, Unepic comes to PS4 and Vita Digital Cross by. Daniel was just an average guy, video game player, big fan of sci-fi movies, and a novice RPG player. Sounds In like the midst of an RPG, he was teleported to a castle. Daniel believes that he believed that he was having a massive hallucination eager to keep playing within the RPG to create his own adventure. He decides to go along for the ride until his delirium comes to an end. That's one way to do it. And that is all for the games. Colin. Yes. It's time for topic of the show. Uh, This one is another one of our GDC polls. You got to sit down with the one and only Shannon Studstill. I did. Who's she? She's the uh, head of Sony Santa Monica. We last talked to her in December at PSX. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk to her a little bit about what's going on over there. They are on a hiring spree, by the way. So um, they're hiring like 50 people, I think. So if you are a dev that listens to this uh, to this podcast, and there are many of you, you might want to look into that. Yeah. Uh, but they we ship to- games too, right? They do. So if you're like, you know, working at a de- developer mm-hmm. and never like releases games, name's Eric, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe Eric Jensen know. wants to go over there and check See it out. See the sun once in a while. In a while. Well, Sony Santa Monica hasn't really put out a game in a while either. Well, yeah. He could just work. They on. put their logo on a lot yeah, of games. Exactly. At least he said he got something to put on the LinkedIn profile. Uh, so uh, we talked about what they're doing with, uh, you know, their internal development, um, specifically with their smaller studios, not with their AAA team. All right. Enjoy. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Kind of Funny Games. My name is Colin Moriarty. I'm joined by Shannon Studstill, the head of Sony Santa Monica. Yeah. Uh, for people that don't know, Santa Monica Studios, of course, responsible for God of War, but a lot of second party and indie kind of incubation mm-hmm. there as well. Uh, we last talked to PSX, so that we had a very uh, good conversation, fruitful conversation about what's going on there. Um, what's been going on in kind of the for people that have probably seen that conversation? What's been going on in the months since we last spoke? We're polishing. We're polishing a couple bound. Uh, what I'm gonna push this closer to you, sir. Edith Finch and um, can't wait. You know, yeah, meeting dev teams. Chaco's really out there. I mean, he's going crazy during this show, meeting all kinds of new developer opportunities, and uh, so yeah, there's a ton of movement going on right now within the studio yeah i I kind of you know i've been you know i watched our conversation again i was kind of thinking about our conversation in december and kind of being a fan of the first parties and kind of where they kind of all fit within this puzzle for playstation is it fair to say that like sony santa monica is kind of or santa monica studios as a whole is kind of its identity is changing a little bit it's becoming a little broader um not only as a triple a house but also as um you know you're obviously you've had that game company internally you still have giant sparrow internally and all that kind of stuff um I think, you know, it's 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 an aspect of the business that we are afforded because of some of our AAA success, right? So we really leverage that success in being able to reach out with small some of these smaller indies and uh, build relationships with them that allow us to leverage their creative power and push product to the platform. So we've been doing this. I mean, when Alan started the studio, uh, he was always really focused around an internal development group as well as external. And I guess probably about seven years into maybe a little less than that, maybe 2006 ish, we started the incubation program um, and uh, have built it, you know, with slowly, you know, we don't want to rush into 
um, that business because it's very important that it's done right. And we're, we're finding the right partners. And, you know, while it's not a big risk to us, we want to make sure we're setting up these teams to, to succeed. And um, that takes effort and time and focus. Yeah, of course. Uh, what is the like on the scales? Like what is the balance now, I guess, with in terms of headcount with like what I assume are AAA teams or team along with like kind of the producers like uh, like we've talked about Zach Wood, who's a friend of ours or whatever um, guys that are kind of working or gals that are kind of working with the other studios. Like what is that? What does that balance look like in terms of your headcount now? Because I know you're kind of hiring right now, too. Yeah, like, yeah. we're in a hiring in a major way. And that's that's more focused around internal um, external is, uh, probably about at this point, seven, eight people. Um, and we are steps away from these incubated teams. So there's not a lot of legwork that goes into setting up meetings and that sort of thing. And the, the collaboration happens pretty much momentarily when we need to kind of step into dev team and, um, you know, support them through issues or they have questions or, uh, we want to get production updates with, which is always something we're very, uh, um, you know, diligent around. Right. Um, and we have a lot of people in the XDev group that have been with us for a, a long time. Um, we're kind of growing and modifying a little bit right now within that group as well. Um, Chaco's kind of leading that um, charge right now. A um, couple of longtime contributors that have decided to move on to pretty exciting opportunities. Uh, but the, the core sort of court culture of that group it's a little different than internal because it's a different business it's the, the heart is uh you know intact and we're still you know plugging away at at uh, some great support around these dev teams that are driving hard to uh polish up these games and get them out to the masses what is it about kind of this 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 chase for talent that allows you guys to identify and find talent that is kind of exceptional a lot of times uh, that game company obviously especially reach their peak with journey, which we, we, we loved. Um, I thought giant sparrow, I, I often made the, the comparison between giant sparrow and that game company. If that, if uh, unfinished swan was giant sparrows flow, then what is their hmm. flower in their journey going to look like? Um, even something with a Chinese room um, with rapture uh, sound shapes was awesome. Like what, how are you identifying these games? Cause it seems like you have, you know, there might be some misses along the way, but you have some pretty substantial hits coming out of like that are produced by Sony Santa Monica. I think the group of the next dev really knows how to identify that core talent that, uh, you know, we talk a lot of dev teams and it's not a, you know, pick from a hat or you've won a lottery. Although I think, you know, when we do pull in, uh, these dev teams, it's quite an opportunity to work, uh, with first party. Um, but it's all about that initial relationship and how well that visionary articulates and has, you know, collaborative conversation around what that vision looks like. And that collaboration is important. We want to be able to have people, I think we talked a little bit about this before, where that back and forth is, we believe, the key to the success. We're, we're, we see things from a different perspective sitting um, in that external group, and we know a lot about the platform and where Sony is going, and to be able to articulate that in a way to where that visionary can build on that and make decisions first and foremost for the end player, but keep all of these aspects in mind as they're pushing through um, a lot of the various challenges that inevitably exist in game development. Um, so that partnership, I think, is really what allows us to succeed with, succeed with these teams that early um, eval and how we build the relationship. And it's, you know, it's at that human level. This is a business, but XDev is really good about bringing it to a personal level as well because we know how much goes into these 
products in terms of heart and soul from the dev team and from the visionary. They're bringing, uh, you know, in some cases, some life experiences to uh, the big screen in terms of a playable form. And that's a very intimate process. And we, we really respect that and insulate that uh, throughout the, you know, whatever it is, 12 to 18 month cycle. Tell, all right, so tell me a little bit about, you mentioned Edith Finch earlier, um, which is Giant Spiral's second game. Um, for people that didn't play Unfinished Swan, it's a fantastic game. You should absolutely play it. Um, short, tight experience, um, but super, I think, uh, surprising in a lot yeah. of ways. How is that? How does that, like, I don't know much about it, and I kind of pay attention, so I'm, I'm curious, like, how is that looking? Uh, how uh, are, we, are we close to being able to play that particular game? We are always close, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the group has, I mean, we're basically... Uh, you know, in that, that final polish period, we want to hit that quality bar that we are known for, and that's obviously important for Ian and the Giant Sparrow team. Um, but yeah, I would say that uh, we're, we're getting really close. It's looking good. It's coming together nicely. Awesome. And what, what other kind of, can you tell us about some other games that are kind of incubating? I mean, do you have anything that you can talk about other than that? Well, Bound is not incubated, but um, I feel like that's a really special experience. The st- I mean, there, there's an aspect of the gameplay that's... Uh, um, exciting and fun and unique, but there's also a story in there that if you, you know, if you're someone who really enjoys story and games, um, that's powerful. And, you know, I think it speaks to uh, the world at large is, you know, life isn't easy. And uh, that's a lot of what Michael's trying to kind of uh, push is uh, how people work through experiences in different ways. Um I'm kind of curious about, you know, your, I talked a great deal about uh, this with your counterpart at Sony San Diego, uh, Christian Phillips, mm. who, who seemed, their, identif- their identity seems to be changing rapidly. I mean, they're always going to be the MLB, the show, kind of turning yeah, that yeah, game out in a nine or ten month cycle. It's very impressive what they do. But they're also experimenting with a MOBA and they're experimenting with some free-to-play stuff, whatever. Are you guys kind of looking at what some of the other studios are doing, whether it might be like Guerrilla Cambridge with VR they're doing with free-to-play are you kind of like learning and kind of figuring these out are you also contributing some of your own knowledge to this kind of internal ecosystem that kind of answers questions for others we do that independently across the board because we're so passionate about I mean I hung out with Herman for a couple hours yesterday and talk we talk business and we just love the uh similarity in what goes on I mean, even sitting in Amsterdam I can sit there and tell a story about what's happening in Santa Monica and he's like yeah that happened to me too and you know, that dynamic of back and forth of this process that's never ending. It's a, it's a you know, train moving a thousand miles an hour down the track. So I think that sharing is consistent. It, you know, tomorrow we're going to hang out, all of us, uh, for a, a number of hours with Shu. Um, it, there's not a formal process, but because we love what we do and, you know, respect what each other is really trying to drive in terms of a a uh, new sort of um, push into what an entertainment experiment ex- experience looks like, which maybe is an experiment. Um, you know that that level of respect is there, and I think that it happens organically and naturally. What do you think? You know, you have a great mind for obviously. You're saying the industry, like learning, you know, knowing about the business, the trends. Um, you've been doing this for a very long time. Like, what is the what is the theme of GDC this year? Because I haven't really been to the panels. I, I mean, like, what are you taking away from it this year? Because it seems like people take away something every year. I think a lot of people are getting hands-on VR, and that's changing. I mean, a lot of the sort of as I'm walking down hallway discussions that I hear that are happening everywhere, of course, the ones, and maybe it's just what's standing out for me, is just the sort of uh, excitement around what happens when somebody puts on a headset. 
And of course, that's really exciting for us at Santa Monica as well as uh, PlayStation as a whole. We, we have a big stake in this, and I think we're on our way to some really groundbreaking experiences. I agree. I mean, are you, I, I'm a, I'm a total believer and and pretty evangelical about VR, whether it's PSVR or Oculus or whatever, it doesn't matter. I, I, I think it is a exceptional and a new way to play. And, and I'm so excited about the non-gaming uh, components of it as well. I think gaming is just the beginning. I think, I hope that in 10, 20, 30 years, we're doing really cool things with that. Nothing I'm to do with sure games. we will be. Um, are you guys experimenting internally with it? Is it something you want to mess around with? Um, I, I assume everyone kind of can, you know, I'm sure Sucker Punch has theirs or whatever, but I'm just, I'm wondering, like, is it something that you might be keeping a closer eye on? Sure, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is the beginning of something big and uh, that's our jobs to make sure that we are, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be an initiative and it's, and it's not for us right now, but uh, the, the, the creatives at the studio are always out there looking at what's going on and, um, we have people that just, you know, we have uh, game jams and they'll bring in uh, VR into that game jam experience and start to really uh, double down and show the team what they're capable of, what they see as a potential experience on that peripheral. Um, so, yeah, it's it's part of our dialogue pretty heavy right now. Um, we had, you know, some other great minds on the show earlier today and yesterday talking about people like Warren Lanning and other mm-hmm. people about kind of business, the business dynamics again of, of the industry. One of the things I was touching on with, uh, with um, actually Donald Mustard, um, which I'm curious about what, uh, from chair for people that don't know, uh, so Infinity Blade Shadow Complex. Um, one of the things I touched on with him that I'm curious what your, your take is on is, is kind of, especially with the kind of games you release, you're releasing your big AAA $60 games, you're also releasing your smaller Fat Princess Adventures or, you know, uh, you know, these 10, 15, $20 games. Where do you think pricing is right now in terms of games? Like how, as a studio head, how do you feel? Do you think games are too expensive or too cheap? Do you feel like there's a sweet spot that hasn't been hit yet? Do you think that a game could cost more than $60? That's often what I talk about. I'm like, is The Witcher 3, for instance, a game that they could have gotten away charging $100 for? Like, what do you think about all that? You know, it's a tough one because it's it's truly about the experience. So for me, what I'd like to see is a, a industry united around what does that experience look like that drives price point? Because you get games that are, you know, eight hours. That should be a very different price point than maybe the 25-hour experience. Um, it's a tough problem. And, you know, when you look at a movie experience, you're dropping, you know, 30 bucks on a really nice posh movie right. um, with plush chairs and free popcorn. Uh, but that's a two hour experience. And, you know, I think in a lot of ways we correlate entertainment as a whole with games to movies. And, um, you know, although we're very unique in the fact that we're hours in and we expect a lot of uh, our developers to perform for the player, which it's tough. It's tough on us right now. Um, these larger uh playtime experiences obviously drive dev time and um it's a it's a tough place to be we didn't have these challenges you know back on god of war one as an example you know we were targeting eight hours you know dave was driving that and that's looking back a pretty easy solve in relation to where we are right now yeah do you think that do you think that there's too much we talked about this a little bit on on ps i love you is there too much emphasis on correlating just in a literal sense, because I think you alluded to it, time with money. Like, like is an experience like Gone Home, which is a, or Journey, uh, 90 minutes, 
probably the most emotional experience I've ever had in the game and journey. Mm. That might have been worth way more than I paid for it. Like, so do you think that there's a more too literal of a correlation between time spent and maybe not enough on like the quality right. of the experience? Yep. Uh, but the, you know, obviously the challenge there is not everybody as much as we love journey, not everybody got it, you know? Right. And so what, what does that mean to the price point when you talk to somebody who's like, well, it wasn't worth what I feel like I should be paying for an experience like that. Of course, I'm not on that bandwagon. Right. I mean, that for me, Journey's life-changing. I sat and played through it a second time with my kids. And, um, you know, it was just a whole nother experience of emotion that I was bringing them through the journey of life, you know. So, I'll, yeah, I would I would have paid, you know, a nice chunk of change, um, I, even though I didn't have to, uh, thankfully, for that experience that I was able to share with my kids. Do you, I mean, this is an even simpler question because this is what we were getting down to with Donald Mustard. Is there, are there too many games? Like, this is like, this is what I'm wondering. Like, uh, we were talking about, um, you know, PSN specifically, or it could, like, it really started, I think, with, uh, with the App Store and then, you know, and, yeah. and, and then it really, I think it's bleeding in the Steam and I kind of feel like it's bleeding in the PSN and Xbox Live now. Or, are there just too many games? Like, PlayStation, just as an example, released like 10 or 12 games last week. Is that also kind of, is there not enough emphasis on like, just selecting the few nuggets that people might consider worthwhile and kind of just uh, mistaking volume for quality as well? Or are you like of the mind that the, the consumer can decide? Because I just feel like games are just like not easy to find anymore. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm of the mind, the consumer. I mean, you could say the same thing about uh, just home entertainment, what's going on right. with the, the accessibility with Apple and, and Netflix. And I have a choice to make and my choices might be different than yours right. or somebody else's. Um, I spend a lot of time looking at those user reviews, which help me to define where I'm going to invest my time, which is extremely limited. So, and, and then I think there's a lot of these unique ideas like Bound or uh, what remains of Edith Finch where we're pushing the medium forward. So if we don't have those little gems and those little nuggets, we're a bit more stagnant, I think, and we're not really um, pushing and driving each other as much. Yeah, it's it's hard to think about how that would be policed. Like it, it, there is a subjective nature to yeah. like a, a highly subjective nature, almost no oh, objectivity yeah. actually. It's just and, like price point though. When you talk right. about, yeah, what, what could that look like in a different world? That's hard to please. We, you know, don't want to get into Metacritic, but you know, there's that analysis that needs to be done by someone. And who is that going to be? You know, right. That's a very touchy, sticky subject. Yeah. Yeah. The price point thing is more fascinating to me because I just feel like, you know, we remember a time and, and older gamers remember a time where it was, you know, uh, Fantasy Star 4 is always an example I bring up on Genesis was $100 in 1995 so games are way cheaper in real money and in, you know and in, in, in adjusted, adjusted money yeah, yeah. Um, than ever um, yet there's still this this stigma that everything has to be free which I think or yeah, like cheap that which changed bring, everything yeah, yeah which is which I felt I feel personally and, and you might disagree especially with the experiments going on at Sony San Diego and the like that free to play might be destructive because ultimately it's created this race to the bottom this idea that you know, you can people don't even want to pay a dollar for a game anymore. Yeah, I don't. I you know, uh, it may be destructive, but I think we need to have our our toe in that pond so that we learn what it's about and right. leverage that for the organization as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, yeah, you'd be. It's the same thing I say with with a lot of them. You have to. You'd be foolish enough to experiment even if yeah. you fail because then yeah. you might win. Um, I'm kind of curious. You know, as someone who knows games and has been in this industry a long time, like what are you seeing around? Not in, or like maybe amongst the Sony stable, but also outside of it. Like what what's kind of interesting to you, like this year or coming up? Like what games are you looking at uh, that you're excited about? Ooh, that's a tough one for me, Colin. Um, 
I can't even. I mean, you're so in it with with your own. You're, you just yeah, see these games every right. day. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's that's a great thing to be able to have a landscape in front of you. But um, I'm having a hard time pulling one right now that is easy access. So I'm going to tell you one that I'm super excited about. Tacoma. We had Steve Gaynor on earlier. It's going to be on Xbox One and PC, but you guys should look into that. If you missed that interview, that'll be on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, too. I hear that actually that similar answer from a lot of people at studios higher up. Um, and even in the trenches, like in the in the different pods, like the art, like where it's like I haven't played anything. I haven't really seen anything in 18 months because I'm head down working on this particular product or whatever. Uh, we have Kevin. How much time do we have left? Five minutes. All right. So I want I want to go. Um, to the chat. You guys can queue up your questions, comments, concerns. I'm sure we uh, will get some interesting questions here uh, from the chat as well. It's a little latent, so. Uh, yeah, why not? We can always cut it or just you know do a hard stop. It doesn't matter. Um, where do you stand? This is actually someone who brought this up. Uh, where do you stand? Uh, he was bringing it in a different way, but where do you stand on like post-release support um, in terms of like, is this an important thing um, for the games you're working on or the games like you're kind of looking at both incubated or internally? I know we're, we're, we don't know what exactly you're working on in triple A space. Do you feel like this is a valuable way to like extend the life of a game? Um, or is it kind of like, are you more focused on like one product since so your $60 product? And just we right now are looking a lot of that $60 product, but I think that dialogue is something that we know we need to pay more attention to. Um, these brands are so powerful. We want to, deliver and extend as much as our consumer base is interested in. Um, and of course, you know, the, the crew back at the studio have a ton of ideas of how to do that. So um, there's, you know, a, a good dialogue around how do we leverage and how do we expand and build for the future. Um, Ray Knight has a interesting question. Ray Knight asks, uh, what is your favorite game of all time? I don't, I, I love that question. I always have an automatic answer. Mega Man 3. <laughs> uh, do you what is what what kind of um, and it could be one of your own games that you, you know I, I was a believe it or not you know I, I just told this story the other day I, I would sell bubble gum in elementary school and uh, take my quarters you know you could back in the day and I won't give you a, a, <laughs> an actual year on that but you could buy a pack of gum for a quarter and so I would you know I'd make a dollar a buck and I would, you know, collect that in my brown bag. I had a couple brown bags taken from me with, with teachers, you know, where they made a buck. But, you know, I'd, I'd do that all week and truck up to the arcade and, on my bike and um, slam down my quarters. And so, I, you know, I think if I look back at that nostalgic uh, gameplay experience, it really got me into the industry that, you know, I pull back to. There's a lot of that arcade play that I love. Um, I think the emotional aspects of, uh, you know, what's going on right now within gaming is amazing. Of course, Journey has always got special place in my heart, especially so, when I, it's so great. Yeah, yeah, I can sit and play with my kids. Um, you know, I think, you know, Contra was big for me. Oh, excellent game. Yeah. yeah. Um, in different gaming experience, and keep in mind, you know, I've got two kids. I don't, I don't, you know, and I'm running a studio, so I don't have a ton of extra free time right. but what i tend to do is keep you know eyes and ears very close to the ground listening to uh the people who tend to have a really good pulse on what's going on and um you know, pick up what they're suggesting I'm, i've got i just downloaded uh gone home ps4 um i'm in the process of playing that with my daughter right now gone home is excellent yeah excellent game. That's, um, and another example of a short game that 
we might want to emphasize emphasize the quality of the experience over the length of the game. Yes. Because at twenty dollars, I think that game's kind of a steal. Um, yeah. But I know a lot of people out there think I'm crazy for saying that. Um, all right, Shannon. Well, it was good to see you uh, again. Give my very best and all of our very best to the to the team at Sony Santa Monica. We're hiring people, so if you're a creative and you want to join a passionate group of people who are at their core all artists, so we're all solving problems creatively. Uh, visit our website and uh, come hang out with us for a long, beautiful, uh, very fun-packed decade of awesome game development. Cool, and that's across disciplines, I assume, right? Absolutely, for everyone. Yeah. So cool. That's we have a lot of uh, aspiring people and people in the industry watching this. So yeah. that's good advice. Thank you so much for your time. It's always great Thank to you. talk to you. Yes. Great work as always, Colin. Thank you. Appreciate that. I always like you talking PlayStation with Shannon. It's trophy time. Time for trophies. Time for trophies. Uh, now, did we talk about Dark Souls three last week? No. Okay. So first of all, Manhunt and Bully all both came out stealth released. Another ones, yeah. Um, I, I missed that. I look like a goddamn fool when we we're talking about it on a uh, Colin Gray Live on a PS4 as PS2 classics with trophies and 1080p support. Um, so we'll talk about those. Also, uh, Rockabirds Two Evolutions trophies are live now. Do you have Night Solitaire though, or do you have Unepic? I want to know what those games. Neither of those are live. And we have Psychopath Mandatory Happiness. Although I think this might be the Japanese version. No, it's not. Okay, so um, Dark Souls Three. Platinum Trophy. Let's see here, actually. Let's do this. Dark Souls 3 has uh, 26 bronze, 13 silver, 3 gold, and a platinum. Uh, gonna be hard. I was gonna I'm say, sure. hard as a motherfucker, I bet. We won't even get into that. Thank Manhunt you. and Bully. Uh, Manhunt has 16 bronze, 12 silver, 4 gold, and a uh, platinum. Bully has 23 bronze, 10 silver, 4 gold, and a platinum. Now, uh... People have the Platinums in both of this. Manhunt is a game I specifically am familiar with and like a lot. You have to get like a perfect rating on hard difficult and all the missions, um, which is hard to do. Um, Bully, I think, is a little more reasonable. It has a better uh, completion average of 19% on PSN profile, so you might want to look at it. I really liked Bully. I'd love to go back and play it, but I don't know who has yeah, the time. Yeah, who has the time? Rocket Birds 2 uh, has a Platinum. This game comes out soon. Let's see. It's 13. Uh, this is a, a reasonable one. 13 bronze, 9 silver, 6 gold, and a Platinum. Um... Complete all six chapters in story mode. It looks like there's going to be some co-op trophies, unfortunately. <laughs> Hostage uh, saving and all of that kind of stuff. MLB The Show's trophies are live. Um, MLB 16 has 10 bronze, 5 silver, 8 gold, and a platinum. And as usual, these are weird ones. So, let's see. Strike out three batters on exactly nine pitches is a gold trophy. Got it. Record a strikeout for the last of each uh, or last out of each inning in a full nine inning game is a gold trophy. So you know what to get. You know, you're getting into with these. And then finally, Psychopaths uh, has about the Psychopaths. Psychopaths Mandatory Happiness, I think, is a uh, digital novel based mm. on or graphic you know, like a digital yeah, you know, yeah. like kind of like uh, Danganronpa, I think, based on an anime. But I could be wrong. The art looks cool. Uh, 16 bronze, 15 silver, four gold and a platinum. And it looks like uh, the platinum might not be that hard to get. Okay. So look into those as well. And that's it for trophies. All right. There you go. Guess what, Colin? Mm. Trophy time was brought to you by Harry's. Guys, everybody knows good things come in sets of three. Hey, Harry. 
Hey Harry, it's me, Jackie T. What does that have to do with anything? Well, get this, March is the third month of the year. It also happens to be our friends over at Harry's third year anniversary as a business. And if you're new to Harry's, I've got a special deal for you to try three of their expertly crafted five-blade German razors, a handle, and shave cream for just 10 bucks with the offer code PS. Harry's will give you $5 off your first order with the offer code promo code PS. Stop overpaying for a great shave. Go to harrys.com right now. That's harrys, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Enter the code PS at checkout and get a clean shave just like our friend Jackie T did. He was always clean shaven. He was always clean shaven. Very handsome man. We got to get him on this show. We got to start the campaign. Who knows Jackie T's cell phone? Ramon! What's Jackie T's cell phone? He, He doesn't know. Ramon doesn't know. He's a disappointment. He is a disappointment. Colin, hmm. let's check on the readers. Hi, readers. There's no good way that what I, the best friends, I guess, but we don't use. They're not we, readers anymore. Anyway. We don't use. I know that. Well, that's what I'm saying. But readers always sounded good. It did. But now you got listeners. You got viewers. Not going to disagree with you. Thank you very much, Colin. Well, that means a lot to me. Won't do it. Colin, let's start Can't with an it. easy one. All right. Sure. Russ, PSN, Russ Dyer, seventy-seven. Writes into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. It says, hey guys, PSVR arrives in October. Sorry. PSVR arrives in October. Horizon arrives in 2016. Is Horizon a PSVR launch game? No. I don't think so either. No. I I still stand by. I remember that moment this year at E3. The demo ended. It filled in the screen around and I was like, they're going to announce that every game we've seen in this game is PSVR compatible. And then Shuhei came out and was like, here's 30 seconds on VR. And I was like, Dah. yeah, he really fucked you that, didn't he? They all got me. It's it's just like this show. You know, we're, it, we're you printing this out now. I am. Yeah, I'm back to my old days. Oh, that's nice. I like I missed it. The, the iPad was fine, but it was harder to get around. Yeah. I couldn't write notes on it. I think honestly, my reading's better too because the text is bigger. Because I'm an old, I'm an old fuddy duddy now. Sure, 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 sure. You know what I mean. But I feel back to my old. I feel like it's a good show. We've been. This is a good show. It is. I'm very tired. I'm so exhausted though. If you just didn't t- say it though, nobody would know. Yeah, but I want to let them know. You, but why? Because then you just come to let them know how hard I'm working. I'm right really now. high on methamphetamine right now. Methamphetamine? <laughs> I don't know drugs. You're like methamphetamine? <laughs> I don't know drugs. That's give me some of that called. methamphetamine. Yo, Ramon, give me that methamphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go give me another question s underscore batten from australia says oi governor i'm glad to be a patron um, he says i'm glad to be a patreon you're a patron no big deal everybody go support these guys my question is now that psionics has found a way to get rocket league to be on cross network play ps4 with xbox one with pc do you think sony and microsoft will let it happen and if so do you think it can make a precedent a precedent for games to come that's probably a bit of wishful thinking but we can only imagine if all games were cross network play they might call you the king of wishful thinking i'll get over you i know i will i'll pretend my ship's not sinking um this has been an interesting thing. It's been percolating for a while. I remember Microsoft made a big to-do about it that we figured out how to do it. If anybody wants to connect to our network, they're allowed to. And the Sony's like, we would think about it. And then here we are. Do you think this is ever going to happen? Yeah, probably. That's exciting. It's interesting because it has, uh, as you said, I mean, Rocket League might be the first game to do it, but it, it, it has these, once someone does it, see, they have, they, this is another bell you can't unring. Once someone does it, a lot of Batman v Superman references. I like it. Yeah. Once they uh, once they do it, then everyone's gonna be like, "Well, there's no excuse. Like, yeah. why isn't Call of Duty cross sure. platform? Sure. Why isn't Battlefield cross platform? You know, um, which is a reasonable question. Madden, FIFA, 
It's got to be hard to troubleshoot. Right? I'm sure it's not easy, but if uh, Cyanox is not a big studio. Sure, but they're getting out. They're not a big studio. Put down your pitchforks, Ruby. And I'm, it's, a, it's a bit of a simpler game, no, than a Madden, than a sure, FIFA, but, than a Call of Duty. But making the systems talk to each other is the big thing, not the game's... Right? Sure. Like, no, I get that. I'm just saying I, I don't know. Again, we're not developers. I don't know what's well, happening in the not. back end. Oh, what have you been developing lately? Oh, don't worry about it. Okay. When's that coming out? Got a little something going on. Okay. Well, some, as you said, percolating. You got some percolating? Yeah. Jackie sure. T's Wild Adventure. Hey, Colin. Hey, Colin. You want to make a game with me? <laughs> Jackie, is that a little sad when you said that? I'm, now my wife died. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> but I'm excited to make this game. <laughs> All right. Jackie. Mortician underscore man. Wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, hey guys, love your work. I'm a funeral director that works long hours. And I oh, want so to your thank- name's very literal. Okay. Exactly. I want to thank you for keeping my days slash nights so lively. Smiley emoticon. Anyway, I have a very important question for both of you that will probably decide my PlayStation VR purchase. I wear glasses and both of you have them as well, but I haven't heard how comfortable the VR is with glasses on. Can you describe the comfort level with glasses and how that will work? Thank you for all you do. This blind fool loves you both. Mortician underscore man. I exclusively play PlayStation VR with my glasses on. It is awesome. I don't know how they do it because Oculus, every dev kit I ever used, drug them down. It was too heavy. I took them off. Then I feel my eyelashes brushing the lens and I'm like, oh, this is gross. I don't like that. PlayStation VR has got plenty of room. It goes around. It's got that nice cushion around it. It's been great. Vibe I haven't tried with my glasses on. Yeah, I always take my glasses off when I play, so I don't know. Yeah. PlayStation VR, though, I can tell you, that's always been the big thing with PlayStation VR since the first time we used it is how comfortable it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just right over your glasses, you put mm-hmm. it on and it's done. The le- Even when I, I think on one demo in the beginning, I take my glasses off for PlayStation VR and I didn't get the eyelash touching the lens feel. So I think that's how it works is that there's more room in there, uh, in their headpiece to make it work. But it feels great. Cool. I highly recommend it. Sounds good. Oh, Colin, 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 Colin. Would you like to go to PlayStation VR Island? Six Access Land? Or. Kind of sick of talking about VR. One story to rule them all. Let's go to Six Access Land because that sounds like a weird place. I don't know if I want to actually go. Nobody would really want to go there. Wolf8047 writes in and says, Greetings, Colin and Greg. Just finished playing Folklore on PS3, one of our forgotten PlayStation games, which got me thinking about Six Access as a feature. Personally, I've always enjoyed utilizing the Six Access in games. I think it's a nice change of pace from button mashing. It might be a gimmick, but it's still a fun gimmick. However, I realize I'm in the minority as I often read slash hear people complaining about being forced to use six axis. I'm curious to hear what you guys think about six axis and how it's been received. Is it a cute feature? Is this cute feature unfairly underappreciated? And then he signs it off Sissix. So it wasn't Wolf AD at all. It was Sissix the whole time. I'm sorry, Sissix. Wolf AD had a question that we didn't want to read and he got credit for it at first. And I'm sorry, Wolf AD for your apparently terrible fucking question that I didn't wow. read. It made it to the sheet, which is, that's a, a big part. That is. That's, that's a big that's step. Big. That's big. But you didn't get to the, you didn't get to the, you didn't get to the dances, they say. What do you think of six axis? Sucks. It totally sucks. It was terrible. I sucks think p- part of the problem with the six axis was when they tried to sell it to us is that it was like, you don't need rumble. You want this. And we're like, no, we don't Remember want that at all. Light the PS3 controller. Yeah, I felt like a fucking God. You, you felt like I levitate out of your hand. I should have, I mean, I like shattered it, but I broke the shit out of a PS3 controller at IGM when I was playing Heavenly Sword. Uh, As you do. smashing my controller on the on the table and it's just like that was the Shattered. end of that. That was the death, death blow. Yeah, six axis. 
I mean, folklorized. I commented that that was fun. Wrangling ghosts was fun, but it was when they were trying, like Uncharted, when it was like, let's throw a grenade. And you're like, yeah. oh, what and the they patch fuck that, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Or was it always in there? No, you're right. They patched it. I think. I think they did get around to eventually putting it out. All right. Yeah. Was it or was it that the Nathan Drake collection didn't have it? Nathan Drake collection didn't have. And it. I think, but I remember that might have been a selling point for it, which makes me think maybe it didn't get patched. Maybe no. that's what we're thinking of. Either way, though, they knew it was a mistake in the end. It doesn't matter. Super Rubber Dub, of course, was the the number one. It was the only well, use. Let's flip these rubber ducks around. Everybody's happy. Flower was the one that pissed me off because mm-hmm. Flower is such a great game, and it's like, why can't I just play this with sticks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did not like Flower. It's mystifying with, with this, without yeah. It, like that game would have been way better if they just swallowed their pride a little bit. But yeah. sure. Well, they wanted to make these artsy fartsy. I'm Genova Chen, everybody. I'm amazing. Like we get it, Genova. We use the sticks. And he's like, no, I'm amazing. I don't think you heard me. <laughs> I'm saying, how are you going to do this? Devin writes in. He says, guys, Telltale finally announced that it will update its games engine, which will be introduced with the new Batman series. Given this news, will our boy Colin M. finally give the various new Telltale series a chance? Thanks for giving me something to look forward to when I have to leave my law firm on those late nights, Devin. Colin, are you going to play the Batman game? Yes. I will. Are you playing it? Now, here's the next question. Then I'll play it on Vita. Yeah, right. Are you playing it because it's Batman? Or are you playing it? Like, what if they said nothing about like the engine being updated? Because no, I, I was going really to play it either way. It's Batman. Yeah, I like Batman. You do like Batman. Do you think you'll be happy with the improvements they're making this engine? Probably. Oh, okay, good. I like that. I like it when it's a positive outlook. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that. No, me neither. <laughs> Had to think about it. <laughs> I, I surprised went, myself went with, sometimes. Went with my gut. I'm glad. I'm glad you did that. Mm. I'm looking here. You know what I mean? Now you're to that part where it's like, yeah. I mean, we could just let's just end these it. These guys didn't make the cut, really. Yeah, it's over. No, it's, it's over. over. Just shutter the show. Just put the graphics up right now. Fade it up. Conversational column. Boom. Just <laughs> black and white for some reason. Colin. Hmm. It's time to talk about a best friend. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, we have a segment called P.S. I love this best friend XOXO. This is where one of you goes to kindoffunny.com slash forums. You go to the P.S. I love you board. You put in your PSN name to make some friends. And then the rest of you best friends out there. Contact this person on the PlayStation Network. Becomes friends with this person on the PlayStation Network. Play games with this person on the PlayStation Network. Today's person is way to never. That's T.O. Never. Way to never. Hey, Greg and Colin, he said in all caps. Mm. My love for gaming has been since I can remember, but for some reason I have never made a friend who appreciates video games as much as I do. So playing alone is something I am pretty much used to. I am looking to step out of my comforter zone as far as talking over the mic to players I don't know. Parentheses. It really freaks me out for some reason. I'm not sure why. Anyways. freaks me out too. Talking to strangers? Yeah. It's just weird because you got to, what are you going to say? You know what I mean? Like how do you start this conversation? We know what talking on the phone period. Hey, chief. Hey, Greg and Colin. Jackie, Jackie T. T. Jackie T is still playing Starhawk as far as I understand. I tell you. <coughs> Hold on. <coughs> hey, Greg and Colin. I'll tell you, no one ever gave Emma Graves the chance he deserved to really be a standout PlayStation star. <laughs> Anyways, I'm currently playing games such as The Division, Black Ops 3, and Battlefront, and would love to have someone to back me up in online play. My PSN name is Way to Never. P.S. I love you. XOXO. Everyone, friend Way to Never, then make sure he or she comes to kind of funny live kind of funny.com slash tickets Colin, mm. you are on the hot seat mm. for this week's forgotten playstation game unless 
You want to pass it to our friend Wit. I'm going to pass it along. Wit wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ with a forgotten PlayStation game. It says, I have a forgotten PlayStation game, Greg and Colin. Mm. Valkyria Chronicles 2. Mm. Probably my favorite PSP game and one of my favorite games of wow, all this time. This is the first PSP game I think we've had on here. It's interesting, right? I think that Valkyria Chronicles 2 took all the greatness of the original while making it a bit more lighthearted in its high school-like setting. And stranding it on PSP. Exactly. I was so... Bro- I, I reviewed it, loved it. It was amazing. God, I love that game. They put out so much DLC for it too. Fantastic. Shuhei, bring it over. Put that... It did so well, Valkyria Chronicles 3 was never localized. Take the... <laughs> take the UMD, you put it into a little burner, it pops out on the PlayStation 4 Rhyme. A beautifully told story. Valkyria Chronicles 2 was also a joy to play on the go. In order to play now, I bought Valkyria Chronicles 2 on PS3 and transferred it to my Vita so that I could play it on the Premiere handheld once more. I hope that with the success of Valkyria Chronicles Remastered, Valkyria Chronicles 2 now has a chance to show up on the big screen PS4 nice. someday. Thanks for all you do for your community, Wit. I'm sure they're looking. They're going to wait and see. I Wit, great pick. I reviewed Valkyria Chronicles 2. I loved it. I thought it was better than Valkyria Chronicles 1. Huge fan of it. I, I think that what they're already putting out, what's the Valkyria? The new one? Yeah, Azor. Azor. Yeah, yeah, something. Uh, and that'll be the one there. And that's not announced for US release, right? Yeah, they'll that's, release it, I'm sure. Of course they will, because it's gonna Valkyria Chronicles Remastered is going to sell really well. But that game looks so different. That does not look like Valkyria Chronicles that I understand. I would much rather they put this out in addition to that. But I imagine that they're going to say... Let's move forward, not backward to the PS4. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if two. I would be interested to see if three ever got localized. I don't know if I'm making this up, and I might be, but I feel like wasn't there a story about how they? It might not be this game, but I, I could have sworn that they did localize three, or they were working on it, and they just decided. Oh, for was, three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. I do definitely remember that, that there was a localization being worked on. Yeah, and, yeah, and just never. So happened. I wonder if it's just sitting there. That'd be awesome too. Weather complete or incomplete. that one gets. I'm that apparently that's the one that starts to get crazy into where we are with Azure, whatever the fuck it's called. But Azure Sky. That's what I want to say too, but that sounds like another game, doesn't it? Azure Dreams. That sounds the like a PS1 yeah, game. There's a lot of Azures out that's there. That's a Konami game. That's one of the ones that Psycho Mantis would read from your memory card. Because he would say to me, You like Castlevania and Azure Dreams. And I'd be like, You're a fucking creeper. Get out of my memory card. Yeah. yeah. Psychopath. And he's like, My name's not Psychopath. It's Psycho, Psycho Mantis. Mantis. Oh, I apologize. No, no problem. Let's get out of here. I took my controller around and put it in the second port. Still one of the great boss battles of all time. Uh, uh, yes, 100%. Emily. N7 writes in with the PSN's worst name of the week. She says, Howdy, Greg and Colin. Wanted to tell you the creation story of my brother-in-law's PSN name. I sold him my PS3 to put money towards the purchase of a PS4 a couple years ago. He had never had a PSN account, so I repeatedly told him to pick a good name because you can't change it. (laughs) This is where, like, it's not one of the normal bad names, but it's just a bad name. He took one look into his kitchen at his vintage dishwasher he had and chose the name Mobile Maid. <laughs> and of course, the name was available. Please, Shuhei, let him change his name. Mobile Maid. That's awesome. Look, are you playing the game? Mobile Maid. <laughs> First word I see in the kitchen. That's what I'm going to use. That's funny. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been P.S. I Love You. XO. XO. Episode 29. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Remember, Peace I Love You XOXO is KindOfFunny.com's PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast in the world. It posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames. So subscribe. And iTunes and other podcast services around the globe. Go do that. Subscribe to all those channels. Watch all the Let's Plays. Buy Kind of Funny Live tickets. 
Kind of Funny Live, May 28th, 29th, right here in San Francisco. Go to kindoffunny.com slash tickets to get those. If it's still before Wednesday at 7 p.m., watch Tim and I reveal Final Fantasy XV, as they're calling it, over on Twitch, on YouTube, 7 p.m. Wednesday. Uncovered is what it's called. You, you'll you follow me on Twitter. It'll be there. Like I said, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We'll be hosting it. I'm telling you, Joy Noel will be there. I'm telling you, Amy Gills will be there. I don't care what hour of the day it is in Ireland. Amy will wake up and be there. They don't keep time in Ireland. Really? Yeah. How do they know when to go to the bar? They're always at the bar. Ah. Each and every episode of P.S. I Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing a Shoe Hey. This is where one of you incredibly talented best friends goes over to kindoffunny.com slash PSM and submits a song you wrote you sang in, you played the guitar, and you blew in a jug in. You know what I mean? You just fucking do it. You go there, you give me the YouTube link, so that at the end of this video, I can annotate out to it, or you get, and, I'm sorry, and, you give me the MP3, so that if you're listening to the MP3, you hear the song at the end. Today's comes from VS The Lion. I assume, versus The Lion. He says in all caps, Hey Greg and Colin! My love for... Oh no. We have a f- an always awkward... Miss copy and paste. Huh. What will you do? I'm going to have to open my phone. Use your thing. Go. Here's what you do, Colin. Mm-hmm. You got to work for a living today. I would rather not. Go to kindoffunny.com slash forums. You didn't type in your password. <laughs> kind of funny forums? Yeah. Then you go to the PSI. Oh, yeah. You, actually, I'm sorry. Go to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. There you go. PSM? Yeah. For music. The M's for music. And then go to... I don't pay very close attention. Go to the last page. <sighs> Give me a scroll. He's got a distinctive face. There it is. That's his face. First the lion. There we go. Ah, the paper bit me on its first day back. <sighs> You're fucking up, fam. As... I have listened to Colin and Greg for the last four years. I have waited until I was in a band good enough to share with the best friends. Today is that day. My band, Second Story, is an indie grunge punk power trio. Jesus. From Rochester, Minnesota. Playing original music with loud guitars, subtle intensity, and controlled chaos. We just released our first single, Just Be Friends. It is a Weezer-inspired song that I knew I had to share with Greg when writing it. Congratulations. It is available on iTunes and Spotify as well as any other streaming site. Be sure to visit our website, secondstorymn.com. That's all spelled out, secondstorymn, like Minnesota.com, for more information. Thanks, Versus the Lion. Thank you, Versus the Lion, for putting up with me, mispacing it in, and almost reading a question again and being a fool. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Second Story with Just Be Friends. Until next time, it's been my pleasure, sir. This one girl do This thought stood so far from me I thought that it might be cool We cover hills green and blue
those heels on that car. 